0: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Grand Leyenda Tequila. This tequila knows there's no substitute for a great taste. This award-winning and organic tequila is handcrafted and comes in four different flavors. Grand Leyenda takes great pride introducing the world to organic tequilas that do not compromise quality. To learn more, visit GrandLeyendaTequila.com. Grand Leyenda, the official tequila of the East-West Football Podcast. must be 21 and older to enjoy. Please drink responsibly.
1: Life and football are very similar. Without an identity, you will not achieve
0: your ultimate prize. Defense wins championships.
2: Pride and passion meet success. You got to love what you do.
0: Thank you for listening to the East West Football Podcast with Jerry Martinez, Kendall Whitley, and now
2: here is your host, Fidel Barraza.
1: All right. Thank you for listening in to the East West Football Podcast, man. We have a special guest today. It is RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys. RJ, how are you doing?
3: I'm doing great. It's great to be with you guys. Uh, from, from sea to shining sea, I guess, uh, is the east-west uh, sort of vibe. Yeah. Uh, it's great great to be around somebody who understands the 956 culture. Um, yeah. I, I lived in San Antonio for a while and had to deal with a lot of people thinking uh, that their tamadas were the best. And I had to you know kind of set them straight. Uh, Delias. Delia's. That. Yeah, yeah Delia's. for sure. Delia's. Uh, but it's great to be with you guys.
1: Thank you, RJ. Uh, I appreciate your time. Uh, like I said, it, it, it's awesome. Man. And literally, we are 100 days from the NFL regular season kickoff. So, I mean, it was 100 days like two weeks ago, but that was for the playoffs. But we're talking about regular season, right? So uh, let's get right into it, RJ. If you could bring us up to speed to uh, blogging the boys, you know, uh, you know, maybe give us some names of people that we should be following uh, on Twitter and social medias as well.
3: Sure. Uh, you know, we just um, we, we've got stuff coming out every day. We don't we don't believe in rest. We don't we're kind of like um like when, when Dwight is make, making his pitch and says, I don't get sick. I don't take holidays, whatever. That's that's kind of our motto. Uh, so we have a great staff of writers and podcasters and people who, who help out on on our podcast network and, um, you know, our YouTube channel and things like that, um, you know. Sean Martin, Mark Lane, there are two dudes who are who are on our Monday, one of our Monday shows. We have two shows every day. Um, Tony, uh, Tony Casillas, obviously, is a guy I host a show with, and everybody knows who he is, but he's awesome. Uh, Dave Sturchio, Aiden Davis is, is such a bright young man, uh, just graduated from the University of Texas uh, and entered corporate America. Uh, Tony Catalina, another one of our podcasters, he just got married. Uh, Dave Halpern, our founder, he has a book that came out a few months ago. Um, actually, it's a, a bunch of facts about college football, just kind of a cool, fun trivia book. Tom Ryle, one of the, the OGs at BTB. Um, so we we just, again, you go to our masthead on our site. There's there's just a great number of people that you can follow to kind of do cowboy stuff in your life. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we got articles come out every day, podcasts come out every day, videos coming out all the time. Um, I like, you know, I'm I'm a big Houston Astros fan. And and so there's always something to watch in that sense. But, uh, but we're always counting down the days until football season returns.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, Kendall is from uh, the, uh, from the North Carolina uh, area, right? Uh, So he has some people that are Cowboy fans. And so he, he, you know, he needs, you know, his people need to know who to follow, right? I have
2: a bunch, I have a bunch of um Cowboys fans down here, and a lot of times, like I see, I see, I got, I got, I'm close with a few content creators. Most of them are Cowboy fans. One thing I want to ask you: How do you try to differentiate yourself from those? Because there's so many people that's putting out Cowboy content, and I follow a lot on most of my social medias. I'm, I have close connections with a lot of them, and we just had. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar. We had Law Nation on last week. On our podcast or whatnot, so like, how do you, how do y'all try to, how do, I mean, I'm sure it's kind of like a competition, all y'all cowboy fans, but I'm sure y'all want to put out some of the best content. How do you try to differentiate what you do as a content creator to what they're doing?
3: I, I think that there are a number of talented people um, that that understand different things in, in so many special ways. I think Law is a great example. Law is, is such a fantastic YouTuber. Uh, really understands that culture. Really has built a, a strong community, and and I think you know. Any anytime something happens, I mean, laws and an, a great example in this sense, you know, it, the 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 content creating life isn't for everybody, and I mean, believe we're not like working the coal mines, but uh, when something happens, like you've got to have content, right? Like you you've always got to be ready to do something, and and that's where I think law is a great example of kind of always having that community ready to go on YouTube. Um, as far as me, you know, I I do a lot of things, and and I hope to do them well. I, I ride and I podcast. We have videos and. Obviously, there's, there's always social things that you can do and, and learn. Um, when I first started creating content, it was in 2015. And I, um, you know, I, I love fantasy football, right? Everybody loves fantasy football. And I'm a big fan of Matthew Barry, um, obviously ESPN's foremost fantasy analyst. And I love the way he writes. I, I, it's such a like a party when he writes. And I really tried to be that way. Um, but, the, the, you know, a, a painful lesson, I think, to learn is you can't be, I can't be Matthew Barry, right? Like, you know, nobody can be law nobody can be you guys. Like you, you have to be your own person. And so it's, it's really difficult to find that. And it's, it's hard to, you know, kind of fake it, but I think you have to kind of fake it a little bit to convince yourself. Um, and the more you do things, the, the more you find out who that person is. And so for me, I, you know, uh, I just like to call things like I see them. I like to say things that are on my mind. Um, I don't like to be the, the hot takey guy um but i i don't have a problem you know criticizing the cowboys or complimenting them and you know i think there's a lot of people who create content and don't don't want to appear as a fan of their team or whatever like i think that's dumb like like we all have like a team we root for like you might as well kind of wear your heart on your sleeve um and and jerry was talking about it right before we started recording i like you know television i like movies i like music i like Bastros, i like the premier league i like a bunch of different things. And I also like weird things. You know, when I, um, when I watch a movie, I like to go look up trivia about that movie. And I like to look up things that nobody else knows and, um, and learn something. And so I like to, you know, kind of connect weird dots, because everybody's already connected the obvious dots, right? Like, what, what are the weird dots? What are, what are ways that we're not looking at things? And so um, I try to do that. And, um, you know, I hope that I'm successful at it. Uh, but, uh, but there is a, a wide world of so many talented people who do create Cowboys content in so many different ways. Whatever your cup of tea is, whether it's videos or podcasts or articles or just Instagram, whatever, there is somebody out there that can totally fulfill what you're looking for.
2: I do feel on watching most of your videos, you're kind of because you got you got your biased fans, you got your unbiased fans. I do feel you're kind of like in, in the middle of you got the fan, you got the fan, the fanboy side of you. Then you got the bias part. Too. You got the un- unbiased part, too. So how did you kind of try to like exchange the two of them or whatnot? Which, which what side do you really do you talk? Do you choose to lean towards?
3: You know, I mean. Like, well, you guys are, are, like, seeing my background. Like, I got Cowboys crap all over the place, right? Like, it would be, it would be dumb to, like, try to pretend, like, I'm not invested, right? Like, it, it would be dumb to, to try to, like, push this idea that I don't care. Um, you know, uh, I, I host some shows for our national podcast at SB Nation. Uh, it's called the SB Nation NFL Show. And we've interviewed some people. I interviewed uh, Aaron Andrews uh, during the lead-up to the Super Bowl. And she came on, she saw my background. She said, oh, so you, you love the New York Giants, right? She was just kind of like teasing me whatever. <laughs> and, and like, you know, that's the thing. Like, I'm not going to, like, I don't like the Giants. Like, I don't, I don't like the Eagles. I don't like, you know, the commanders. And so like, I think like uh, something I've always tried to do, I, I love when TV shows or movies um, treat me, the viewer, as intelligent, right? Like, I, I love for, for a movie or a TV show to assume that I am smart. And to feed me the information that way, because I feel flattered now. Like, oh wow, you you think I can I can connect these dots on my own? You don't have to spoon feed this to me. And so, anybody who's watching anything I'm doing, I don't have to let them know that I'm a Cowboys fan, and I also don't have to hide it. And so, I think that you know, being a fanboy is like everybody realizes, right? Like, I have a vested interest in this. Like, I'm very fortunate to get to do this uh, for a living, and and I don't take that for granted. And so, I'm. I think like I don't think there's a balance. I think the balance to me becomes what do we feel? I do try to um, speak or, or read rather what I think a lot of people are feeling um, and, and, and not be a voice for that, but respond to that and react to that. I want to share what I think all of our feelings are and, and what I hope is, is my read on the pulse of Cowboys fans all over the place, because that's why we're here. Like that's that's it is the sickest thing in the world to me that people listen to y'all show like people give the most precious gift in the world is time You, you cannot ever get time back you can give money away and get money back but you can never get time back and somebody gives you guys time somebody gives me time. And so like, I want to make that time worthwhile. I I want to make sure I cover all bases. And so like, that's covering the extreme fanboy side, that's covering the extreme critical side, and then hopefully coming to terms in the middle and saying, okay, what what is ultimately likely going to happen, uh, or, or likely is the case here. And so Um, I, I like to be both. I kind of view myself as a, as one of those like cartoons that has the angel and the like troublemaker on either of their shoulders, like the fanboy and the (laughs) the super conservative person. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I think there's a need to be honest, right? Like I want the Cowboys to win more than anything, but when they lose, I also think it's important to say like content, content maybe does better when they lose. And so like, it's, there, there's fun to be had in the losses. It's painful and it's frustrating, but there there is fun in the connection that we all share. In that, if that makes sense,
2: and like every year, it's always going to be the Cowboys year. It, it's, it's always we all say this our year, just like here. So it's always going to be the Cowboy year. And most of the content creators that I'm connected with and whatnot that say the same thing. And you know, it's just it's good news or bad news. It, it's it's press or whatnot. It's something to talk about with the Cowboys. It's always something to talk about for the Cowboys.
3: Yeah, they they are always and that's the thing. Like I I like to think of my job as like, how can I make anything about the Cowboys? Right. Like that's that's the goal, right? Like you said, whether they're winning or they're losing. Like what Cowboy story is there? And I remember I also love golf. Um, when when Tiger won the Masters in twenty nineteen and it was awesome, you know, my mind was like, you know, what, what did the Cowboys look like last time he won at the time his most recent Masters victory was two thousand five. So that day I wrote an article and it was like, here was the Cowboys starting lineup in 2005. And that's like, holy crap, crazy. Like to think about stuff like that. So yeah, like th- at the end, my world revolves around the Dallas Cowboys. And I just want to make that world larger and larger and larger for people.
1: Hey, hey, RJ. Wow, man. I mean, I think you just gave everybody that's, that's going to tune in. I think you gave them a starter pack of how to start their own, right? YouTube or blog, right? Uh, so man, hats off to you. But uh, let's get right into a couple of Cowboy. uh, you know, a couple cowboy uh, talks here. So I know Fidel uh, Fidel Baraza. He's actually a Raider, a Raider fan. So he'd probably be pulling your tail a little bit more. And you'd you'd see you see how and how vested he is with his background and whatnot. Uh, but you know, just like him, I would like to know what are your thoughts on our off season? I'm sorry, the
3: Cowboys off season, right? You can say "r," like, that's like, people say that all the time. Like yeah, people yeah. Will say like, why, why do you say we? Cause it is "we." Like yeah. this is my life. This yeah. is your life. Like it is ours. Um, you should, well, you can tell Fidel, I was at the, um, the index card game. That's one of the the more incredible memories of my lifetime. So it was very nice to see the Raiders lose that game. Um, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. I mean, and this is, you know, this is where like, this is maybe the most challenging off season I've ever experienced as a professional content creator because they've made it hard, right? <laughs> it's really hard to create some content like, man, are y'all pumped about Dante Fowler? Like are y'all pumped <laughs> about James Washington? And so like, it's difficult. It, it's, you know, I, I, I don't, I hope I'm not like a blind homer, but I certainly want the, the Cowboys to succeed. And it's difficult to look at what they did and who they lost and who they added or really didn't add and and feel better, right? Like it's difficult on paper to say they're a better football team or they're not a worse football team. Um, It's, you know, I, I don't, I'm definitely not somebody who ever buys into conspiracy theories. You know, people love to say like, the Joneses don't care about winning. They just care about making money. Like I've never bought into that. And, you know, another really popular conspiracy theory is they're just setting this team up, Sean Payton, 2023, whatever. And I always think stuff like that's a little bit silly. But the way they've acted this offseason makes that a little bit, you know, less difficult to believe than it would be in a normal year. It's very strange the way they've acted, especially when you look at their environment and the fact that, you know, so many NFC teams are weakening and that they're playing in this super cheap uh, or super cheap quality division. I mean, it's all there for the taking and they seemingly don't want to. They are beholden to this archaic way of building their team. And, yeah, they have some results that, that you know, partly justify their processes, but they don't have the ultimate results. And so you, you can talk yourself in circles because you can say, like, okay, the way the Cowboys have operated and thought before, they've achieved success. And they've just been on, the, on the, the wrong end of some weird, you know, circumstances, right? Like Des caught it in third and 20 and whatever. Or you can say, you can you can be super extreme and say, well, they, they haven't made it to a conference championship game in 25 years. They haven't done all this stuff. So like something has to change. And there's logic to both sides of this argument. I think though, that we've just reached a boiling point where people are sick of it. Like people are, have lived full lives and have children and mortgages and car payments and have never seen this team do the ultimate thing. And so I, I mean, it's they're in a very they've painted themselves into a corner where they really cannot do anything without being overly criticized. And it's just, you know, it's, it's like somebody who's burned you in your life and you're just not going to trust them until they deliver. And I, I hate to say that because life is so much more fun when the Cowboys are good. A, a, you know, a, a great Cowboys season is such a fun fall and it's great to experience with your friends and family. But the energy surrounding this team is really bad right now.
1: Hey, and that's a great that's a great question. I mean, that's a great segue to the next question, right? So let's say, let's talk about this, right? This season, if the Cowboys do not make the playoffs, or let's say they do make the playoffs, but they don't win, is Mike McCarthy's job safe?
3: You know, so much of that, I think, I don't want to ride the fence, but it, it depends on, on, like, how does that happen? Do they, you know, do they lose their playoff game because – you know, CD dropped a, a pass that like went out of his fingers. Do they lose because, you know, Jonathan Garabay, their undrafted free agent kicker, you know, misses a, a game-winning field goal. Do they lose because they get blown out 50 to nothing? Um, do they win the division? Barely. Do they, do they storm through? Are they the ones, the two, seed, you know, like there's, there's a lot to the story, but um, I, I do think, you know, because, Again, on, on one hand, you're, you know, we would be looking at a, a Cowboys team under Mike McCarthy that made the playoffs two of, of the three seasons that he's been their head coach, right? Agreed. We would be looking at, at, you know, the Cowboys haven't been to the playoffs in back-to-back years since 2006 and 2007. They would end that streak. Uh, this is a team that hasn't won double-digit games since 1995 and 1996. They would conceivably end that streak. So, you know, this, this team has had this bugaboo where, you know, in, they have success and then they just fall apart. And so they, they would break that streak. Right. And so like, they would deserve a lot of attaboys and a lot of props, but I, I do think that, you know, the, the forbidden fruit of Sean Payton would be too tempting. I think you, you know, pe- people love to say, Jerry wants to win. Jerry's willing to do this, Jerry, this, Jerry that. I mean, like I, it, at a certain point you have, you know, like you ever just like, man, we we got to shift up the living room furniture. Like I, I'm so like stir crazy. <laughs> I'm so bored. Like we got to change the way the living yeah. room looks just because yeah. you're bored. And I think they would be at that point. And, that's again, where they're, they're in this really, they're between a rock and a hard place. There's um, you know, there, there's, there's a very difficult way to see this ending well for them outside of winning the Super Bowl, obviously.
1: Yeah. And it's real hard too, right? Because they brought, they were able to retain Dan Quinn who was sought out. And we, at one point we all thought he was going to be a Broncos head coach. Right. So great points there. Uh, what do you, which Dallas Cowboy will make the biggest leap this season in their play?
3: I think the answer we're all hoping for is C.D. Lamb, you know, I mean, the, the opportunity is finally there and and they're clearly banking on that. Um, and, and if he doesn't, you know, like then you have to have a really hard conversation about him. I mean, this is year three. This is this is the time, like, you know, and we all, you know, I mean, you guys know, like, you know, when you first started your podcast, I mean, when CD fell to the Cowboys, it, it was, it was a string of jokes. It was like, LOL, all these idiot teams let CD fall to 17 overall. CD isn't even the best receiver in his draft class right now. Like there, there was a massive gap between Justin Jefferson and CD Lamb right now. Um, and so right now the Vikings look like they, you know, got the one, you know, that everybody was looking for. And so I, it, it has to be CD. I mean, like, and, and if it isn't, then, then something terrible has happened because they don't have any other receiver that they can really rely on. And if it isn't him, um, I mean, you know, may, maybe it's Tony Pollard. I mean, maybe he finally gets enough, you know, work to make that happen. But, but then he'd be in a contract year. And that's the other thing. Like, CeeDee himself is eligible for a new deal after this season. So, if it's if it's CeeDee Lamb, they're going to have to pay him. If it's Trayvon Diggs, they're going to have to pay him. He's also eligible for a new deal after the season. So, I mean, it all it, – it, it's a cycle that repeats itself over and over and over again. So, good – Player has a good season, becomes a good player, is up for a new contract, needs to get paid, and then is overpaid, and people want him to take less money. And so, uh, we'll be doing the same song and dance a year from now, with, just with different players, the same way we always do.
2: Sticking with sticking with the CD Lamb, um, what, what Jerry just said, what, what you just said about CD Lamb, about him him um, taking the biggest leap this year. We all seen Jerry Jones came out big time comments over the weekend, over the past week about he feels that CD Lamb is a massive upgrade. We didn't say massive, but he feels an upgrade over Amari Cooper. How do, you, how do you feel about that? It kind of seemed like he's taking a shot at Amari Cooper.
3: I mean, I think that they have really tried to spin this offseason, right? Like, they've tried to say, oh, you know, we, we didn't miss out on Randy Gregory. We were, we were able to go pay Leighton Vanderesh and Dante Fowler. We got two for the price of one. Like, we're, we won that situation. Um, and, and this is different. I mean, I certainly think CD has talent and potential and capability to be a star wide receiver in the NFL. I think Amari Cooper has proven that he's a star wide receiver in the NFL. I think you can obviously point to moments where Amari was absent or weird or didn't have the fight or dog in him that a lot of people want to see. And so you can you can justify moving on from Amari Cooper. It's dumb that they, you know, only got a fifth round pick for him, effectively, um, when all these other receivers are going for much more than that. But they made up their mind. They, they made this bet and they want to lie in it. And so I'm not shocked that they're proud of that. Right. <laughs> they really believe that CD is going to be this impressive, you know, dude in year three. I mean, so much so that they're letting him tell people he grew an inch at the age of 23. I mean, that's just ridiculous. But um, that this is this is very cowboys to, to make themselves look smart. Oh, we knew this all along. We knew CD was going to be great, blah, 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 blah. And they might be right, and I hope they're right. I hope they're right. They can they can drag us all they want. They can say, "See, we told you, you losers were all crying and whining when we traded Amari Cooper away." But and maybe Amari will suck in Cleveland, and they can they can seriously dunk on us and, and say, "Yep, you this is the guy y'all wanted to keep around." Whatever. Um, I I do think it's unlikely that CD is that he matches what Amari Cooper has done for the Cowboys in this first year, just because there's so many other questions going on around the wide receiver group as a whole.
2: Are you on the Jalen Tober hype train?
3: Oh, I mean, he's awesome. But, like, that's, like, and, and he's, you know, of the first three picks, obviously, he has the chance to make the, the biggest impact right away because he plays wide receiver. He's a skill position player. And, and so, you know, and CD and Michael Gallup are going to draw a lot of coverages and, and kind of open things up for him. And so, like, he'll, he'll be awesome right away. Uh, But I do worry that we are like, I think the hype train is starting to pick up a little bit too much steam. And I think that's unfair to him. I mean, truthfully, um, it's very difficult to come in and be an impact player right away. And that's even like city was, was, you know, effective, but that was as a rookie and, and as a first round pick as one of the top receivers in his class, Jalen Tolbert. I mean, again, I know we're all really high on him, but he's a third round pick like that should be said as well. Uh, but, I mean, he is going to have to have a really impressive season because, like, who like Michael Gallup's going to miss, what, like two or three weeks? I mean, we'll see what that ultimately winds up being. And, okay, James Washington, I don't think any of us are, like, pumped about that. I mean, no disrespect to him. Okay, Simi Fahoko, like, we, that was our dude a year ago, right? Like, everybody, oh, man, athletically, he compared to DK Metcalf. Watch out for Simi Fahoko. Uh, was kind of absent. Noah Brown back for another cup of coffee. Okay, cool. I mean, like they have, again, I, I've said painted themselves into a corner because they've done it in a lot of different ways. Like in letting Amari Cooper walk, they set this up, you know, they, they, they have one life and they have to make it through the whole level in super Mario. And if you do respect, I mean, like you pulled it off, but there's a lot of obstacles you have to get through along the way.
1: Man, uh, you, you, uh, you answered a lot of questions right there, RJ, I think, but you know, when we look at it, when we look at these things, I think that if anything, CD is is that dog, right? That we need at that wide receiver position. Amari Cooper though, we saw him kind of have his flare-ups here and there like and they weren't they weren't they weren't where he was kind of like a Des Bryant so to say, right? Where he's, you know, screaming or whatever, but you know, we just saw a little bit of a disconnect with Amari Cooper. So I definitely can see CD Lamb making that breakout year and I really do believe in CD Lamb. And I think that this is going to be his year to be the the alpha so to say. Um Let's get right. Let's get back into some some more Cowboys business here. So you, you you just had a YouTube, right? Um, I believe you said it was Mike Florio who named Tyron Smith, Zach Martin and Micah Parsons as the top three um, Cowboys for, you know, coming into the season. And and everybody should go back to your YouTube and check it out. Right. Because I think you had, uh, you know, the way you broke it down, Dak has to be on there. Yes. But my question to you in this case, give me your top seven Dallas Cowboy players of your lifetime
3: you know I'm 32 years old um, okay. and so and I got really into the Cowboys like they you know started to let them affect my life uh, <laughs> when I was when I was about 16 so about half my life has has been spent you know just kind of living and dying with this team so to speak and so you know this I, I don't think this is in any order but I mean you know it was that first season that i was super into things was was 2006 and that was the year tony romo took over um and so i mean like he he has impacted my football fandom in, in ways that i you know can't explain or, or quantify um so romo's certainly up there for me i mean just just a huge part of of my football life um i you know i i wouldn't have said demarcus ware a long time ago honestly um just because i think like I think you either become like an offensive football fan. Like you just love all the quarterbacks and receivers and running backs, or you're like, I love the linebackers and the pass rushers and the dudes who get sacks. And I, I always like gravitated to the offensive side of the ball, but you know, as I've gotten older and appreciated things more, DeMarcus is up there. I'm fortunate to have been able to interview him a few times and, and he's just, he's been so cool and he's always remembered me. And that's, that's made an impact on me. So I definitely put him up there. Um, I mean, you know, I, and I, I'm, personally keeping this to, to active players that, that have played in my lifetime I mean because sure. you could you could go all day talking like Roger and Emmett and Troy and everything um, just but I think that's more fun to talk yeah. about like players who, who we watched and whatnot um, you know I've never really like loved a Cowboys running back like I, I really never have like even even Zeke is awesome but I've never been like oh man like I've never you know been obsessed with it but I mean I do think he's been super impactful I would obviously put Dak up there. Dez, and De- I mean Dez has the most infamous moment in, in recent Cowboys history. You have to include him. Uh, Sean Lee, I mean, obviously was kind of the face of that defense uh, for so long. Um, I would put Amari up there. I mean, I know it was it was a, not a long wow. time, but but I mean that 2018 season was was magical. That was the first year. Um, that I, I held this job in a, in a full-time capacity and so like it, I will always remember that year and that five-game stretch they won um, and just just kind of everything that involved with it I mean it was it was so like I talked about I mean um, Cowboys seasons that are successful are really really fun and special falls you know that that 2007 season that was my senior year of high school and so like I I always like connect that with with you know those memories just because it was so special um, I don't even know how many I've named at this point but uh, I think Micah Parsons has a chance to obviously be up there. Um, I really loved Roy Williams for a while. The safety, um, you know, the receiver was was fine. Uh, but, I mean, and, and then I think, you know, you've got to put Tyron Smith and Zach Martin and, you know, Travis Frederick. I mean, they're all up there. Um, I would, you know, I, I, would, I would put him up there, and this is a weird one, but Bryce Butler has always been somebody who I really loved. And, like I said, I'm, I'm fortunate to have interviewed some of these guys. And and Bryce was somebody who I interviewed. And we ju- I mentioned I talked about I love golf. And we talked about golf for like an hour. Like he is such a cool person and, and really kind of helped me um, see things differently as far as like players and stuff. And so Bryce is somebody who made a personal impact on me. Uh, but But I mean, there have been a lot of good times. There have been a lot of terrible times, but there have been a lot of good times and a lot of special people that made that happen.
1: Man, that's so awesome! I, 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 it's crazy, right, to hear you say you have made all these connections with, with some of these players that that, you, like you said, we, 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 we become, you know, we root for them, we cheer for them, we want the best for them, you know, uh, we want them to make to make the biggest impact not only in in their professional career but for our, our favorite team, right? Uh, so what do you what do you say when you see like Cynthia Friedland, you know, tweet out that Tony Pollard it, it was ranked the most underrated you know, player, or what about Dan Orlovsky, right? Who named uh, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr, Justin Herbert, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Matt Stafford. QBs, you win uh, games in the NFL right now and leave Dak Prescott out. I mean, like when you see these things, I mean, I mean, I know, I know I, from me, from me personally, I've learned not to be emotional about it, right? <laughs> but what can you say, right, to to, to kind of give that right answer back?
3: So on, on the Cynthia Freeland point, um, she is so smart and and Jeez. really impressive. And so, I mean, like, that's one of those things, like, like some, some, sometimes the Cowboys hurt us in ways or, or do things where, where I just think like that, like. No other team does this. Like, like no, like no other team. This isn't normal. Like this, yeah. this is. They they find these new and special ways to hurt us. Mm-hmm. And the Cynthia Freeland point is an example of that. It's like you know, you have your the better running back on your team is the dude who you ignore. And I I know that's not a you know I know there's a lot of people who love Zeke and would put them you know at the top of their seven players that you asked for. And Zeke is is responsible for a lot of great memories and is the face of of this generation. But he's not the best running back on the team anymore. And like admitting that doesn't mean you love Zeke any less. And so it's just, it's painful. It's painful to know that he's underutilized. This is a contract year for him and that he's going to go play for, I don't know who in 2023 and be awesome. And we're just going to have to sit here and be pissed off about it. Um, the, the Dan Orlovsky thing, I, I know he is not a popular person uh, with a lot of Cowboys fans. I, Dan is is an incredible content creator. That's how I feel. He is, is somebody who, who knows what he's doing. He's, he's very, very, very wise in that sense. Dan, you know, I'm I obviously, you know, I'm, I'm assessing this. I don't know this for a fact, but I, Dan wanted a lot of Cowboys fans to quote tweet that. Say, how could you leave Dak Prescott? Out? How could you put so-and-so over Dak Prescott? And that's just all it is. I mean, I it's, it. it's, I a, it. it's it's a dance. You know, we go round and round and round and round. The you know it's it's the same. We're all watching the same movie, right? Like there's yep. there's peace, there's love and harmony. Then there's there's trouble. Then there's a you know a fall for the hero, and then there's a love interest, and then the hero saves the day, gets the love interest, and everyone lives happily ever after. Same thing every day. <laughs> I mean, it,
1: it's so true, right? I mean, it, it's almost like a like you said, like a soap opera for men, right? uh Well, for anybody, I guess, right? It's it's like you said. I mean the most the craziest ending sometimes i mean look let's look back at tony Romo when he fumbled that that football right i mean a lot a lot of people could say look at him he fumbled the ball but a lot of people other people would say a quarterback shouldn't be holding uh shouldn't be the place you know the placeholder
3: right so uh i mean Dang man. Yeah, I mean, but no, nobody blames the Hall of Fame coach who, who made that decision. No, no, nobody <laughs> blames him. People blame the undrafted free agent quarterback, though. But but nobody has anything to say about the Hall of Fame coach making that decision.
1: Bill Parcells, man. Uh, well, RJ, I think uh, I think that if anything, um, you know, I think I think for the most part, I think that you've answered all our, our Dallas Cowboy. You know, RJ, uh, before
2: we let you do, we let you go, I do want to get a prediction. What will be the Cowboys' record at the end of the season? What's your prediction?
3: You know, um, they're over-under set at, you know, generally around 10 and a half, depending on where you look. Um, and that's tough. I mean, like I said, they, they haven't won double-digit games in back-to-back years since, since 1995 and 1996. And, and, been play- and, like, not only have they failed to reach the playoffs in back-to-back years since 06 and 07, like I said, they they generally fail to miss the playoffs in spectacular ways. I mean, like, like it is generally a season from hell after they have a successful season. And, and, you know, the off season is certainly setting up for that, but um, they do play in the NFC East, right? Like they have, you know, at least four of those games are going to be, you know, cupcakes, relatively speaking. Dak Prescott has always dominated the division. They get to play the AFC South, right? <laughs> like they, they, you know, get to play the Bengals, who I, I know we're in the Super Bowl, but I, I think are, you know, a little bit of a paper tiger, no pun intended there. Um, and so like their schedule sets up really well. They like also the way this get, not just the teams, but I really like their schedule. Um, you know, after they you can make an argument that after like week six or w- whatever it is, like that they're on easy street. I mean, if, especially if you look at the quarterbacks are playing. And so it is difficult to find a way for them to implode and disappoint. But if there's one thing I trust in this life to happen over and over and over again, it's that it's, it's for them to, to disappoint us. And, I, I don't think like this is never a team that's going to, you know, be like two and 10. That's not how they roll. They are going to you know jump rope around 500. I've, I've always said that we will never do our Christmas shopping with them mathematically eliminated. Like that will never happen. Like when you're doing it, when it's Thanksgiving, Christmas time, they are in the mix and and they are right there, you know, in the hunt or, or you know, in somewhat contention. And so I would say they win nine, 10 games and I, it's probably enough, but like that is all of the logic and they find ways to defy it. And so I I do also think this has been such a weird off season. And normally after they win the division, the, the next year is all about like the vibe is like, okay, they're coming back Like, and we're all talking ourselves into it. We're all saying, okay, they're coming back. They won the division last year. They're, they're going all the way. It's going to happen, whatever. But that is not the vibe. Like people are so checked out. And I think people are really, really, really scarred and were really hurt and broken by the way that the season ended. And so I'll say they win 10 games. They probably win the NFC East. And depending on who they draw, you know, in, in the wild card round, maybe win a playoff game. I mean, do they draw the Vikings or the Cardinals? Or do they happen to draw the, you know, for whatever reason, the Packers or the Niners again? I mean, like that will change a lot of things. And sometimes sometimes football's that that finicky, right? Like they, they only played the Niners because they lost in week 18 to the Rams. And, and the Rams were able to win – the NFC West and, and and push the Cowboys up to the three seed. But we thought all along that Dallas was going to be the fourth seed. And so sometimes one moment can change an entire, you know, off season or year or season or whatever, but um, 10 wins, a division title, a wild card win. And that might not be enough to keep Mike McCarthy around. Ooh.
2: Sounds good, RJ. And RJ, real quick, where can our listeners find you at on social media?
3: Uh, so I'm at Ochoa on Twitter and Instagram. I've started uh, to do some TikToks just because I, uh, I needed a way to feel really old. And so uh, TikTok was, was the way for, for me to do that. Uh, so that is RJ Dadochoa. I've been doing more TikToks, doing more Instagram reels, stuff like that. Just, just trying to expand my horizons um, and figure out new ways to do things. I mean, like, you know, we, we've had some successes doing things, but, but there's always ways to learn and grow. Um, and so um, if you search for Blog of the Boys anywhere you get content, whether that's any social media platform, any podcast provider, obviously YouTube channel, or just the internet, blogontheboys.com, uh, we can be found there and we, we can be found talking about the Dallas Cowboys.
1: Appreciate your time, RJ.
3: Anytime.
0: Before we end tonight's episode, here are some quick NFL headlines. There are now 23 lawsuits filed against Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have officially signed veteran defensive tackle Kim Hicks. The Arizona Cardinals officially announced the signing of former Chiefs running back Darrell Williams. Pittsburgh Steelers defensive lineman Stephon Tuitt is retiring from the NFL. And now for some tragic news to report as well. Cardinals cornerback and former Vikings first-round pick Jeff Gladley has passed away at the age of 25. Former Cowboys Pro Bowl running back Marion Barber was found dead in his apartment by Frisco police today. The Star Telegram reported. The cause of death is currently unknown. He was 38 years old. Thank you, RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys, for joining us. And thank you, everyone out there, for listening. Have a great night. Peace and love be with you. Take care.
3: Hey there, I'm DC. I host The Rock Podcast, Back to the Arena, The Interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock band like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, The Interviews.
0: Electric ass.